guys. Welcome to Chick Chat, the Baby Chick podcast. I'm Nina Spears, your host, the Baby Chick, and I'm chatting with Melody Pormorati as our special guest today. Melody is passionate about empowering women and girls across the globe. As an empowerment coach, Melody has supported thousands of women to live out their lives' purpose, create careers that they love, and cultivate a life that lightens them up from the inside out. Melody is an award-winning author who has written books on subjects that include teaching girls how to live a peaceful and happy life and teaching women that the clearest path to raising empowered girls is by first looking in the mirror and doing the inner work necessary to nourish themselves first and foremost. I think we can all agree to that. Today, we will be chatting with Melody about how moms and caregivers can raise young girls' self-esteem. We will cover body positivity, friendships, wellness, and more. As a mom of a baby girl, I am excited to learn more about how we can impact young girls and empower them to be confident and happy. Let's welcome Melody. Hi, Melody. Thank you so much for joining our podcast, Chick Chat. Hey, Nina. I'm so happy to be here. Oh, we are just happier. Let me tell you, because when we found out the amazing work that you do for women and for girls everywhere, we are so honored to have you here. So, But before I go into all of this for our listeners, we want to learn more about you and your experience. So Melody, can you tell us a bit more about you and your background and what really inspired you to specialize in empowering women and especially young girls? Absolutely, Nina. It is such a pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me on. So I really, my God, there's so many different ways I can take this story. There are so many things that I call on for inspiration for why I do what I do. I would say one of the big ones is I've been an empowerment coach for almost 15 years. And in working with women, the one thing, the one pattern that I kept noticing is that we needed to unlearn so many layers of fear and shame and doubt and shoulds that we picked up on in our girlhood. And it's not that we couldn't do it. We could, but I asked myself, why must we? Why did we even have to pick up on those layers of all of this stuff uh, at that young age? And so that was one of my inspirations to say, you know what? We can do better for our next generation of women How do we do that? We do it by starting with our girls. We empower girls from a young age to know their superpowers, to have this like inner toolkit of tools that they can call on in every moment of their lives to elevate them, to help them move through life with ease and grace, and really just to be more peaceful within themselves, which I think is something that we could all use a lot more of. Amen. I totally agree. I mean, and myself included. <laughs> so I, I I love this. And I think, you know, we all know that it's essential to empower the future generations of young girls and boys for that matter too. For sure, for sure. Um, but can you explain why it's important? We understand like, okay, it is important, but really, can you give us the details of why? Yeah. I mean, listen, there are so many opportunities for us to be taken down. That's just the Mm -hmm. truth of it. If the last two years of the pandemic haven't taught us anything, um, they have taught us that mental health is key. It always has been, but it's kind of like cracked us open and brought this to the surface. So we want to give our children every possibility to lean into their own power. Like I always tell the girls in our workshops, we've got this power source that lives inside of us. It's right here within. It's our heart. It's our personality. It's our character. It's the things that make us unique. It's the gifts that we've been given. And if, you know, if if we can be armed to know how unique we are and how powerful beyond measure we are, then we're in such a better position to handle all of the ebbs and flows. And again, the last two years, everything that's come with it to teach our kids, you've got this, you've got this, we're with you, but you are so strong that you will handle this and you will handle it with ease, with grace, and you will learn from this really difficult time. Ah, and I can't wait to learn those tips of how to be able to do that. But first, Melody, you know, statistics show that a girl's self-esteem peaks at age nine, which I learned that from you, and falls from there, which 
kind of just gutted me and broke my heart. Why is this? And what can we do to help prevent it from falling? Absolutely. The statistic breaks my heart. And I always say at Girl Life, my company, we are in the business of changing these stats. We must change these stats together. Uh, The reason that we believe this stat is true, and we've actually seen it firsthand with the girls that come through our doors, is that, you know, I want you to imagine a young girl at like three, four, five. I know you have girls, so you know what I'm talking about. I want you to imagine that limitless thinking that they have. They're never afraid to raise their hand. They're never afraid to ask questions, to be curious, to be in the moment, to be in the flow to just be real and in that like state of effortlessness because it's just so easy to be real. And then all of a sudden, as they get older, this really sad thing happens where they start turning down the volume on who they are and they start turning up the volume on who the world is telling them to be. Whether it's society or culture or school or media, there are so many opportunities for them to actually say to themselves, hey, maybe this isn't who I should be. Maybe I should be somebody else. Maybe I should dress like this. Maybe I should speak like this. Maybe I should spend my time doing this. Maybe I should hang out with that. It's all of these shoulds. And I believe that that's really what's happening. And as they get older, stats show more and more, they're becoming less of themselves and more of you know what that outside world is dictating. So it's not an inside out approach anymore. It's an outside in, and that can be really dangerous to our girls. That really is. And I'm curious why it's nine. Like, I feel like that's, you know, that preteen age and they're becoming, I guess it's just more aware of their yes. surroundings and allowing that to affect their their internal thoughts and value and and that sort of thing. Do you have any insight on why why nine? Yeah, I mean th- that's what the statistics say and show. Mm-hmm. But like raising my girls are fifteen years old now, so you and, know, and, and I know, you know, I know, and like I will give you the example of we run these empowerment workshops and the girls who come in who are young. It's like when we ask the questions, it's like this. It's like they don't have to access anything. It's all there for us. It's so beautiful. And what's happening is the girls who are like the older the age group that we run, the more it takes to get them to feel safe and comfortable and available for having the dialogue that we so deeply wish to have in them. Um, And so when I witness these girls, I witness my own daughters, I definitely see, like you said, that awareness is everything. Mm -hmm. They become so much more aware of the world around them, Mm -hmm. um, which isn't a bad thing. It's a very good thing, but we, we want to balance that with that inner knowledge that all the world really wants from them is for them to be their most authentic self. And yeah. when they can do that, they can couple it with, you know, being aware, being self-aware and moving through like with comfort and ease and peace in their hearts. Yeah. And mm. I think it's for me when you're saying all of this, I immediately was thinking, you know how children they have no filter. They'll say no what filter. they think. <laughs> Like I got my eyebrows microbladed the other day and my and my son was like, mommy, I do not like your eyebrows. <laughs> I was like, thanks, buddy. You know, they will go down after a couple days. And on day four, he was like, mommy, I like your eyebrows now. They're better. And I go, this, they're just so real. And I think maybe it is at nine when they're like, okay, I have learned what's appropriate, what's not. Maybe I don't want to put myself too much out there. But now I'm curious Melody, do boys also experience? Do you know this information of like yeah. do boys the stats experience? Stats are this? different. The they stats are? are different for the boys. No, Why? The, well, the boys. You know, I mean, just let's put boys aside for a sec. Let's look at men, men. right? Yes. When they, when we talk about women and men, and going, let's say going into a meeting, and the level of preparation that they have for that meeting, women over-prepare for the meeting, and they still show up with imposter syndrome, wondering mm-hmm. if they've got it all and they've, you know, they're ready and prepared. Men walk in there 
underprepared, but stand up tall, raise their voice, raise their hands. The statistics are different. The girls are raising their hands less in school after the age of nine. The boys are rocking it. They're rocking and rolling. And we need to, you know what? We need to learn from them when it comes, like, why are they not dimming their light? It, it goes back to just a lot of conditioning and the messages that we give to boys versus the messages we give to girls. And I always say, like I, I wrote this book, it's called Empowered Women, Empower Girls. It, it just dropped a few months ago. And we have one chapter dedicated to good girl no more because we are taught with these messages of be a good girl. I mean, how often did you hear that growing oh, up? Yeah, all know, the time. All the time. It was like, even from strangers, be a good girl, from teachers, well-meaning adults who would say to us, be a good girl. And we didn't really know what that meant, right? And so to us, we started to believe that it meant don't use your voice, you know, um, don't, don't challenge anyone's ideas, don't question things, um, be seen and not heard, all of these different things, these messages uh, we internalize. And in essence, that's like what creates a lot of these stats. And what are boys told to do, right? Boys are given very different messaging. Like it's okay to to challenge the status quo. It's okay or to use you your hear, voice. oh, they're just a little, they're just boys, you know, they're being loud and whatever. They're just yes. boys. It's almost kind of shrugged off. You're right. You're so right. Boys will be boys. Yeah. How often do we hear that? All you know, the boys time. will be boys. It's like a nice excuse for boys to be boys. And it's not fair to the boys either. Right. right? Absolutely. So oh, I find this so fascinating. And again, why I'm so grateful that you're bringing light to this topic. So Melody, what do you think are the most important tips for raising the self-esteem of our girls? Well, um, one of the things that I think, and perhaps it's not a traditional view, uh, but I believe that we need to work on ourselves as mothers, as parents. We need to look in the mirror. And we've all got these beautiful hopes and dreams for our daughters. And um, if we really just step back for a minute, like I always say to the women that I speak to, like, it's so beautiful that you have these hopes and dreams. But what are your hopes and dreams for yourself? Let's start there. And then they start sharing them. And, you know, I, I want, you know, I'm sorry. Let's let's say it the other way. I yes. say, what what are your hopes and dreams for your daughter? And then I'm like, well, do you have those same hopes and dreams for yourself? Do you act on those hopes and dreams for yourself? Because what's happening is if we're role modeling, going after our dreams, chasing our dreams, um, being that confident woman, having good relationships that nourish us on a soul level, speaking kindly to ourselves, all of those things, we want them for our girls, but we're not embodying them for ourselves. So it's, I, I think the best way to raise a girl's self-esteem is to raise her in an environment where she is watching you, where she's watching a woman who is on her own empowerment journey. Oh, wow. That is powerful and sobering and scary, but so <laughs> necessary <laughs> because it's true. They're seeing how we talk about our bodies, how we talk about our life, how we just, how we carry ourselves how we talk to others and more than likely little girls want to be just like their mommy. Right. And it's like that whole analogy of you have to put your oxygen mask on yourself first before you can do it for your child. It's really giving that self-love back to you. Yes. And then your child is like, oh, wow, I'm seeing her love herself. So I should be doing the same thing for me. Am I getting it, Melody? Oh, oh my God. You are so brilliant. <laughs> Absolutely, Nina. That's 100%. It that oxygen mask analogy is everything yeah. and it applies to every part of our lives. Our daughters, so we are like 95% of our subconscious mind and 5% of our conscious mind. So sometimes we think that they're not hearing what we're saying. Like we'll be on a phone call and perhaps we're, you know, speaking not kindly about ourselves or about somebody else. That's like one of the ways we disempower ourselves is by um, taking part in gossip or things like that. Uh, and we're thinking, oh, she doesn't hear me. She's only like four years old. She's only five years old or she's watching TV. She can't hear me. 
But the fact of the matter is they're picking up on so much more than we give them credit for. So when we up-level ourselves in that way and go on that empowerment journey for ourselves, it's actually the gift we give ourselves, but the gift we give to them. So it's really a win-win in so many beautiful ways. It really is. That's... And that's something that I don't want listeners to feel like, oh my gosh, now I have to be on my best behavior all the time. I, we're human. Like, it's okay. But being mindful, I think mindfulness is such a powerful tool and and setting the intention of, you know, what kind of person do I want my, my child to be? I should be doing those things that, that replicate that type of person. Um, so, so yeah, I just have to say that out there, like all of us make mistakes and that's okay. But, but, um, but yeah, being mindful and recognizing that they do, they listen, they're there, (laughs) they pick these things up, whether you, you see it or not. Um, so that is, that is such a helpful tip. And you say, you know, your, your book, Empowered Women, Empower Girls. Why is it important for us as mothers and female caregivers to also look within and nourish ourselves? Because we just show up in a whole other way, right? Don't we show up in a whole other way when we've had that, time, that space to give ourselves the energy that we need first and foremost. Like I know that as a mom, I'm a hot mess if I'm not taking care of myself, right? Um, And empowerment comes in so many different forms. So when we say empowered women, empower girls, you know, what does empowerment mean to you, to to the woman, to the mother, um, and giving yourself, being the deliverer of all those things that you need first and foremost? Uh, I just can't say it enough. And and the book is called Empowered Women, Empower Girls because we always say empowered women, empower women, which yes. is so true, right? Of and course. we really do, and we have this great big opportunity to do that. Um, but I just want to take it one step further and say, but guess what? Empowered women empower girls too. We set the tone. And it's not just for the mamas out there. It's like as women walking this earth, we are influencers. We are influencers to the young girls in our lives, perhaps young girls who we don't even know personally. Uh, I always use this example. I was in a change room with my daughter once at Macy's and um there were two women next to us in the change room next to us and they were trying on their clothes and they were speaking to themselves in the most, it, it, it was, it was upsetting to me to hear the things they said about themselves. Oh, my arms are to this. My thighs are to that. My belly's to this. And my daughter was probably seven or eight at the time. And she looked at me in the change room with wide oh, eyes Oh no! and she was like, you know, I could just tell that we're going to get in the car and we're going to have a big conversation. And we did. We got into the car and she said, mommy, why were those girls so mean to themselves? Why were those women so mean to themselves in the change room? And I was just like, we got into a big dialogue about it. And it could, because she knew, she knew that, you know, we've talked a lot about self-love. She grew up in my workshops, all of those things. But a young girl can pick up on the fact that they were being unkind to themselves and wondering why. Um, and so that is what I mean when I say we are influencers without even realizing it. And that already speaks so highly of the work that you do because your daughter being around and being influenced by the work that you do knew that that's not right. That's not what we should be doing. And brought that to your attention and asked, hey, why why is why did they do this? Because most girls would listen to that, never say anything, never bring up that conversation to their parent and ask why. They would just think, Oh, I guess that's what I need to be looking out for. I need to look about, look how my arms look, my legs look, my belly looks, and and base my value on my appearance rather than my character or my intelligence or my kindness or whatever. Um, it's just, it's crazy to me. But wow, it shows that by doing the work, you can then make an impact on your daughter and she can then have those realizations when moments like that come about. So it's already showing how powerful that is. Yeah. Yeah. And I really want to keep it real and saying like, this doesn't mean that my daughter doesn't have challenges. It doesn't mean I don't have challenges. Like 
It's none of that. It's just about, you know, giving them that head start if we can to introduce them to these concepts from a young age because the world will present them with all of those different opportunities to think differently. And we want to give them that foundation, that strong foundation from a young age. I love that. Yes. And I can I can speak for myself when I say we are all striving to love ourselves more, for self-love. What are your tips for achieving this for ourselves while modeling this for our children? Because I think that that's a real struggle because our gen- my generation that's we've heard those uh, those negative messages our whole lives and now we're learning the impact that it has on women and now that we want to make a difference and change that narrative yeah how can we how can we achieve this for ourselves what are your tips That's a great question, Nina. Um, You know, I think the word self-love in and of itself has gotten some slack over the years, right? People would say, what do you mean? It's like selfish to love yourself. It's selfish to, you know, to be this way. And where did that idea really come from? And, you know, I really had to research and examine this with our community, with my mother, my own childhood, the women in my life. And how often have we heard a woman spoken about in a virtuous way by saying she was so selfless. She was so selfless. And we have given a positive meaning to the idea of being selfless, literally like less of ourselves, like not thinking of ourselves. And I really wanted to unpack that a little bit and say, well, I mean, why did we do that? Why when a woman is selfless, she's virtuous and she's wonderful. Wouldn't it be nice if we can start describing women as self-full? Yes. <laughs> you know, wouldn't that be a nice word that we can introduce into the, the English dictionary and teach women that when we fill ourselves up, that we are actually in a better place to empower, to give, to serve, to do all the things that we have on our heart to do. Um, And so that takes us back to self-love. And to me, they're one and the same, being selfful and loving yourself. Loving yourself is, you know, just being kind, showing up with kindness for yourself. Um, The same kindness that we reserve for everybody else in our lives, first and foremost, being the deliverer of that for ourselves. It's not a crazy concept, but it's like when our cup is full, then we have so much more of a capacity to give. And uh, so that's kind of the way that I, I see it. Melody, that is powerful. And I love that. It's not selfish. It's self-full. I think that that is so beautiful. And it's true because we get these messages of, oh, if you're resting, you're lazy. Right. But what if, (laughs) no, you're, you're resting your mind and your body and you need that to recharge. And we just, oh, anyway, I just think that that is so beautiful and extremely on point. So thank you for sharing that with us today. And I, I want to know what role do you think the media plays in our young girl's self-esteem today? I'm, I'm going to guess not great, um, but I want to know your specific thoughts on that. And how can we combat those outside pressures? Because they're everywhere. Everyone's on their phone and on the computer and on the internet. What do you think it plays and what can we do to combat it? Another excellent question. And the truth of it is it plays a really big role, unfortunately. I mean, if we take a look at something as simple as a filter, right? All right. these filters available to our girls, mm-hmm. um, the way that they change themselves on the screen to to show themselves in a way that's not real. And we can't blame them, right? It's like when it's available and everyone's doing it, you start to think that it's okay to do And it's a lot. It's really heavy for the kids because not only are they seeing those filtered images of other people, but they're not really understanding yet that those are also filtered images. Mm -hmm. Those are also highlight reels. Those moments were curated for us to see and to feel something just like a movie is or, you know, someone in a photo shoot, like Mm -hmm. a professional photo shoot. So, you know, And that's really why I do what I do, because I want to create safe spaces for girls to, again, we talk about that balance. So yes, the media plays a huge role. And yes, we can balance that out by creating safe spaces for our girls 
bringing them together with safe people in an environment where they can learn that, you know, that isn't real, like talking about it, making it like if, if we are being affected by social media challenge, chances are that our peers are, are as well. Mm-hmm. And so really calling it out by its name, bringing attention to it and bringing a willingness to understand it for what it really is and not for what it's trying to create. So um, I I say we combat it by having conversations, dialogue, and if we have the opportunity to enroll our girls in a program like a Girl Scouts program or any other girls empowerment program where they really get to be seen and heard for who they are over here and not what they look like, I I think we we will win, really. I, yes. And, and thank you for giving us some also, you know, key things that we can look for, because I think that sometimes also, especially when your child, maybe at nine or a little older, they're like, oh, I don't know if I want to tell mommy <laughs> everything and, and have these kind of conversations. And sometimes they feel a little bit, I hate to say safer, but more comfortable talking to someone else. Um, but trying to have these conversations and and make them feel safe and loved and heard and respected from a young age so that they feel comfortable coming to you as a parent and saying, okay, I can come to my mommy with these thoughts, with these questions, with these, you know, just ideas. And she is going to love me through it. And she is going to support me and guide me and teach me. And so, um, I think that that communication is so key and really being there to listen and not immediately try to fix or change or whatever, but be like a co-thinker with them and a supporter. So I love that. And I love co-thinker. Love it. I love, <laughs> I love how you put that. Yeah. We, we co-create together, right? With exactly. our kids. We're not here to judge them, but we are here to create a space where they can share openly and we will see them and greet them with acknowledgement and, you know, a, a comfortable place to land really. Yes, absolutely. And in today's world, I I love how you said that mental health is so important. And now we're starting to see how important it is. I really think we haven't reached quite yet where it needs to be, but we're getting there. Um, It's more important than ever, but we still have some ways to go. What can we do to ensure we are proactive in protecting the mental health of our girls? Oh my goodness. There's so much. I mean, first and foremost, making sure that our mental health is in check, right? So Mm -hmm. if, if that's what we wish for her, we need to be out there getting the support that we need. Just resources, asking our schools really to to bring more social, emotional learning into the curriculum, whether it's through the PTA or, you know, through through health class, whatever it may be. Uh, there are just so many resources out there and it's all on a community level. Like every community has something else, but really being in the know as parents, being those advocates for our kids, if there's a program that's available, um, to, to really take advantage of it that like on a community level, like I don't always sit and read the library note that comes from our local library, but when I do, and I crack that open, they are giving us so much, but we are, we just have to be willing to take the time to do that and to take our child. And the earlier we start, I think the better. So I would say use your resources. Yeah. Yeah. And if people are like, oh, where do I even begin? Should they go to their pediatrician and ask, Hey, what are some local resources? Where can they go? Because I think that that's the most daunting thing is where do I go to find these resources? What, do you have any recommendations on that? Absolutely. A pediatrician is an excellent idea because mm-hmm. they've always got referrals. Um, another person is the school guidance counselor, psychologist, uh, they always, they've always been so supportive to me in supporting my child. And don't be afraid to collaborate with those people in, you know, the education of your child. The education is so much more than um, what they're learning in school. There's IQ, but there's also EQ, which is uh, emotional. Yes, yes. EQ is so important. I think that people do not put enough stress and, well, not stress, but just focus and importance on EQ as IQ. IQ, yes, is definitely important, but we've always valued that and we need to also value EQ. So thank you for bringing that up. 
Totally. EQ is like about the tools. It's about what's going on on the inside. And I always say EQ is what's going to help us throughout our lives, you know, like in every possible way, but collaborate with those people, co-create with those people in your children's school to make sure that your kids have what they need, that they have the guidance and support that they need from that end as well as from home. Oh, those are great tips. And as mothers and female caretakers, how can we promote body positivity in our girls? I know that we gave that example and you know those girls not talking so nicely about themselves, but I want to know, what did you say to your daughter in that car? What, what did you say to promote that body positivity in her? And what do you tell other girls too? Yeah, well... Just to sound like a broken record, I'm going to say one more time, the way that I speak to myself about my own body, the way that I show up every day with my own body. And don't get me wrong. There are times when I'll look in the mirror and I'll be like, oh my goodness, my grades are coming out. And you know, we're, we're human, we're people, it's okay. But really checking with our language, like in our home, we don't use the word fat, like not in a negative way. It's just not something that we say. In in our home, we did mirror work, things like looking in the mirror and like talking about what is it that I love to see about myself on the outside. And then saying, if I took a mirror to my heart, um, what would be the things I see on the inside that that I love? So really making sure we have that balance. Um, But But honestly, what I can say the most about body positivity is the language that we use at home around describing ourselves as moms Um, and not, you know, calling. I, I unfortunately still see this happening. Moms calling out their daughters saying you're getting fat or you need to lose weight and no judgment. Honestly, it's like we, we emulate what we learned right? We embody the same way I'm asking you mamas to step up for yourself and know that that's the gift you're giving to your kids. We are only embodying the messages that came to us from generations and generations of women. And so if, you know, if my mom were to look at me and say, you're getting fat, chances are I would have internalized that and, and, use that exact same messaging with my children. So, you know, if we are concerned about our daughter's health, that's one thing. Uh, It's about talking about the health, talking about healthy habits, talking about nourishing your body by exercising and eating foods that fuel you instead of talking about you look fat and you don't look good. You know, someone might be hearing this and thinking, wow, my mom used to say that to me and it seems I may have used it with my daughter and it's totally natural. And this is just like a gentle nudge and an invitation for you um, to change that intergenerational narrative and show up for your daughters in a different way. Because if we are putting all that focus on the way that they look, that's where their focus will go. And that's the part of them they will develop and not necessarily these beautiful parts that come in our hearts and our minds. Um, And, you know, so... That is fantastic. And I'm so glad that you said that because yes, to listeners out there, absolutely zero judgment. This is all about love and support and empowerment. And I just think it's also just awareness because sometimes we're not even aware of like, oh my gosh, I did receive those messages. And yeah, and unintentionally I'm replicating those messages and, and that's, that happens. Um, but, but, awareness and knowledge and listening to this, it then again, shines light to something and like, oh, I want to change the narrative for my daughters. And so um, I think, again, this is such an important conversation for us to have. And now I want to know, Melody, you know, we've all heard the term mean girls. You know, I can remember them growing up myself. (laughs) What are your tips for raising kind girls and inclusive girls? What, What are your tips? Broken record melody here again. (laughs) How do we treat the women around us, us moms, right? What kind of relationships do we have? Do we talk behind people's backs? Um, Are we kind? Do we show up as our most kind version of ourselves every single day? 
that is the biggest way that I can say that we can combat. I literally on my Instagram, it's so funny that you asked me this question. I just created a reel and hit send on it on my Instagram page right before you and I got on this interview. And I said, if we're going to combat the mean girl mentality, if we're going to eradicate it, it starts with women women supporting women, us teaching our girls that, you know what, when you win, she wins. When she wins, you win. It's not a piece of a pie. Like that if one, one girl is doing better in school, that there is less opportunity for another girl to do better. If one girl gets a compliment, then there's a problem with us because we didn't get that compliment. It's, it's not how the world works. So introducing our girls to that abundance mentality, that women elevating raising each other up mentality. When they see us doing it, they will emulate that in their relationship. So I, I scale it back to, to us. That is like the example that we set for them. It's what we preach in our homes. It's what we embody in our homes. And, and I believe that's how we eradicate it. It's so true. And it's not just us, but like you said, you could hear it from an aunt, a friend, whomever, the people, the women that they are around, they will pick up those influences. And now I want to ask you, you know, if we've talked about, okay, we need to be the example for inclusivity and kindness and body positivity. But if these are not naturally coming to us, what can we do to strengthen that in ourselves so we can show our daughters that there is a different way and a better way? You mean as women? As women, yes. Because yeah. if, if it's a challenge for, you know, if it's a challenge for me um, to say be kind to my body or whatever, um, and that's an example. I actually am really, just for our listeners out there, I make sure we never say fat. And I, I always say like, oh, I love my eyes. I love my smile. I love, you know, I try to say things uh, so that my kids can hear, you know, the positive things about, you know, our body. But I'm just saying, if that's not natural to you, and you want to start, how do you get started when it feels so awkward? Do you just start or and hold yourself? How do you hold yourself accountable and get that, that routine going so you can break that cycle? Yeah. You know what? I, I always say when, I, and I've heard this a million times, when the student is ready, the teacher appears. So I would say even listening to this podcast right now, <clears throat> this in and of itself is a willingness. We are showing that we are willing to choose a different way, a new way, um, picking up books that are empowering to us, up-leveling ourselves in any way that we can, whether it's getting an accountability partner, another mama, we call it in our programs, we call it a partner in shine, like someone who wants to shine with us and we'll hold that space for each other to do that. Um, you know, getting yourself a life coach, getting yourself a health coach, finding the support that you need. But the first thing is literally claiming for yourself that you're ready. Mm -hmm. And again, when that student is ready, the teacher appears and be willing to find that teacher, whether it's in a podcast, a book, or a coaching program. Yeah. Yeah. And I also think it's surrounding yourself with other women who do the same things. Yes. Don't, if you find yourself at a table where women are gossiping or, or talking poorly about themselves or, you know, praising someone for how thin they are or whatever it is, and that doesn't feel right for you. And that's not the message you want your daughter to learn. Maybe start looking for a different table to sit at. Right. Yeah. Oh my God. I love that. I love that so much. We are the sum of the five people that we hang out with mm -hmm. the most. So mm -hmm. what you say is so beautiful and so true because we're picking up on what they're doing and we're influenced. We're influencers and we're influenced. It's so so yeah, sit at a different table. I yes. love it. <laughs> so Melody, how do you recommend we empower and comfort our girls when they're being treated poorly by other girls? Because I think we've seen it coming home crying, having a hard day because someone wasn't being nice to them or didn't include them or say something mean or whatever. How can we empower them through that situation? It's a great question. And, you know, it's the, the answer is this, like one of the greatest things that we can do for ourselves and for our children, I, I believe any human being is to be free of placing importance on what others think of us. It's one of the hardest things to do and one of the most freeing 
things that we can do. And so if we teach them young and have a conversation with them about that, like, yeah, it really, you know, acknowledging the pain, acknowledging how much it hurts for someone to have said something like that to you saying, I really feel you, honey. I, you know, I'm so sorry that had to happen. That sucks. So meeting them where they're at, but being like, you know, what's really, really important and magical and will literally make you feel better. Like right in this moment, it's understanding that what other people think of you really doesn't matter as much as what we think of ourselves. And how do you feel about yourself? You know, maybe not in this moment, but how did you feel before you went to school today and before she said that? So really just reminding them and turning up the volume on that internal dialogue and that that heart voice we call it in our program is like let's get comfortable with um not everyone liking us and it's just kind of the way that it is and even as women i think sometimes like we need to take that message home to ourselves it's like if i'm going to show up as the most real version of myself and somebody doesn't like it well that's just the way it's going to have to be mm-hmm. because i'm going to continue showing up as the most real version of myself and i will attract the right people to me and to my life. Same message for our kids. That's that's beautiful. I do want to share a story. When I was a little girl, I remember very vividly, it was a lesson I will never forget, telling my godmother about how I was being picked on at school and how there was a bully. And she looked at me and she said, Nina, hurt people hurt people. And what she said to you actually has nothing to do with you and everything to do with her. And just because she was giving you a hard time, it's probably because she's having a hard time. So don't take her message on uh, anything about you. You should just feel sad and sorry that she's in a bad place, that she needed to put those negative feelings on you because you're beautiful and smart and friendly and said all these great things and I will never forget it. And I think that that is something that you know, I hope to teach, you know, my children once they get to that point, they're still pretty little. Um, So that was helpful to me as well, just to realize that that comment has nothing to do with you and everything to do with them. (laughs) Yeah. And and what a wise godmother you have. And you're so wise to hold on to that because it's the truth. When we understand that they're just coming from their own point of pain, Mm -hmm. um, we actually can look at them with compassion, right? Mm -hmm. And so that's how we spread more kindness and empathy. Right. It's so true. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now I want to know, how can we teach our girls that they can do or be anything they put their minds to? Because I think you're right. I think boys come to that meeting underprepared, feeling like I can be the CEO, whereas girls are like, oh, I don't know. Maybe I can be the assistant to the vice president principal or whatever. Um, So how can we really empower them to to make them feel that, yes, I can be anything and do anything I put my mind to? Absolutely. Um, I would really say introducing them to limitless thinking from, from when they're a young age. Let them know that they are the creators of their lives, of their own realities. They get to like choose their own adventure. Like they get to choose what happens in their lives. And honestly, like I I can't stress enough as parents how important it is for us to teach our kids to fit out. You know, where so many parents are concerned with making sure that their kids fit in. They fit in with the friend group. They fit in in school, all of this. But you know what? We weren't born to fit in. We were born to fit out and to be ourselves and to be real and to be the most authentic version of ourselves. So I think it's like really teaching them um, how powerful they are to to create what they want in their lives and think outside of that box. Yes. Yes. Encourage that and give them the opportunities to to find what, you know, ignites their passions. And and I almost want to say instead of fit out, stand out. You can stand yeah. out, you know. Um, Don't fit out. Like just just be bold, be real, be you, be whoever you actually are. That's it. No yes. mask. Yes. No mask. Amen. I agree. And what are the most powerful actions we women, I I think you've answered this multiple, multiple times, but now I want to know, is there anything else, like any powerful actions that we can do to take 
to empower our girls. I know it's just being that example. Um, but are there any other um, tips that you that you say that that to you know the other women who follow you and to come to your um, retreats? What what is it? What what else can we do to make sure that we're being the best versions of ourselves so that we can raise another generation of empowered girls? Excellent question. Um, really get no, like notice the ways that we actually disempower ourselves, right? So a big part of stepping into our empowerment journey and empowering our daughters is noticing, are there ways that I actually disempower myself? Do I accept a compliment with graciousness? Yeah, like, yeah. Or, or do I deflect it and say, no, me, no, never, you know? Um, again, like we talk about the gossiping, like, am I, am I out there gossiping all the time? If I am, chances are I'm blocking my own light. I'm blocking my own empowerment. Um, these are not like, these are not things that, you know, when we get back to the place of understanding and being willing to know, notice like ways that I've actually stopped myself from growing in that department, then we are more able to be willing to step into that empowerment journey and finding ways to empower ourselves. So notice the ways. And for all of us, it's really different. But mm-hmm. how have you been holding back your light? How have you been disempowering yourself? What behaviors have you used that may have robbed you of your own power? One of the big ones is, you know, blame, blame versus responsibility, right? Mm -hmm. So, so often something happens and we're like, it was his fault. It was her fault. It was that situation's fault. And what we're actually claiming for ourselves in that moment by blaming someone else is saying that I do not have the power to create the solution because the answer is outside of myself. And if I'm blaming that person, then that person's the only person who has the power to change what's going on. But if I can find a way to take responsibility for what's going on or to see my part, um, then I also have the solution inside of me. I'm taking my power back. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that's like a big one, a that big way a big that we one. disempower and we teach our young ones to to disempower themselves by blaming. Oh. And this is a big slice of humble pie that I need to eat right now because I just, I've been hearing my son lately saying, you know, if he's in a bad mood, I'll ask, buddy, what's wrong? What happened? Oh, because daddy said this and, or sister broke this, or, you know, he, he, he's now blaming other people for certain circumstances and maybe I'm doing it (laughs) unintentionally, like Un, like subconsciously or something. Cause I'm like, where are you getting this? But I don't, I really feel like I own my crap. <laughs> so I'm like, where, where I, so yeah, but I, I am noticing that. And I've been telling him in those moments, I say, no, no, no. Daddy was just reacting to how you weren't listening. And that's why he said this. And I understand that that cause and effect caused you to be upset. But we have to own, we have to own what our side of the situation is. And I try to talk him through that, but I'm like, you're four, you know? (laughs) (laughs) So I I mean, am I handling that the best way when I'm Absolutely. Oh my God. (laughs) Just after having spoken to you for this last hour, I have no doubt. That, that you're handling it the right way. Do you know what I mean? It's just leaning into our own tools and really like intuitive parenting, the same mm-hmm. way that we want to, um, to to tell our children to step into their own intuition and listen to their own inner voice. We've got to do the same thing when we show up as parents. Like, mm-hmm. what do I need in this moment and how can I best support my child in this moment? And it sounds like you're doing all that. So yeah. I think we're all trying. So we're all trying. <laughs> Okay, so now Melody, what are, are there any resources that you recommend that our listeners learn about when raising and empowering young girls? I have an offer that I would absolutely love to share. I have yes. a free training. If Great. it's okay, I'll of share course. that. Um, it, it might be tough because spelling my name is a little bit difficult, but it's at <laughs> melodypormorati.com slash empower. Her. So it's not empower, it's empower her. Um, and if you'd like, I can send you that link and you could put it in the show notes. Exactly. But yeah, yes. that's a 10 day challenge and it gives us 10 unique ways to empower our daughters. And I just, I love it so much. I've been sharing it for years and, and moms have told me they've 
found a great deal of value in it. So would love to share that. Um, I do have a book. It's called Empowered Women, Empower Girls. And it's a guide to modeling courage, confidence, and self-love for our next generation. And a lot of what we spoke about and other other ways to just really, really get to know ourselves on that deeper level, get to deliver that empowerment to ourselves and just magically show up in a different way for our girls is in the book. Um, And yeah, that's it. That's amazing. And again, to our listeners, we will be including all of this in the show notes so you can easily find these (laughs) resources with a click of a button. So no problem with that. And I want to know now, Melody, do you just, to finish this up, any final thoughts or pieces of advice that you just have to share? We'd love um, to share with our listeners. Yeah, I I would just say like, you're doing great, mama. Like, you know, we're all doing our best. Uh, When we know better, we do better. But to really cut ourselves some slack on this mothering journey and when we hit roadblocks and when we hit challenges along the way, and we inevitably will, (laughs) to remember that it's all a phase. It's all a phase. As soon as you get used to one thing that your child is doing, all of a sudden it transforms the good and the bad. It's all a phase and it all will pass. Just be willing to, to be there for the lessons. Amen. Yeah, absolutely agree. And now Melody, where can our listeners find you? Absolutely. So my website is getgirlpower.com and I hang out a lot on uh, Instagram at Girl Life Empowerment. There are many Girl Life Empowerments because we have different branches of people running our program, but I'm like the main one that's just at Girl Life Empowerment. Amazing. Uh, Well, thank you so much, Melody. I mean, your knowledge is evident and your passion is evident. And we just love stressing the importance of empowering the young girls in our lives. So I just find this conversation so powerful and it will undoubtedly impact many of our listeners and their daughters. So we just appreciate your time and your tips. I appreciate you so much, Nina. Thank you for this opportunity and you're doing amazing work. So thank you. Thank you. Well, thank you for that. That means the world. And as are you, we love shining lights on incredible women and and the work they do. And we're we're just so excited for for this episode. So for our listeners out there to learn more about Melody, you can visit her on the web at MelodyPormorati.com or on Instagram at Girl Life Empowerment. Our team will be posting today's episode on Baby Chicks Facebook page. So if you have any questions or comments about our discussion, please share them with us in the comment section. And as always, if you haven't already, please subscribe to Chick Chat, the Baby Chick podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts. Cheers to raising empowered and confident girls.